You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone, and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons & Dragons. We're your hosts, Lewin Markell. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Beasley. Lewin. Uh, you see Taylor? this? <laughs> are, you, are you okay, Taylor? Yes. Okay, so I realize that I'm preaching to the choir here, so to speak, but do you guys know how hard it is to house hunt when you're a nerd? I mean, I'm in the process of, like, apartment hunting, but I think it's the same kind of, similar kind of... Situation. Situation. Yeah. I mean, not, not. I don't think my being a nerd really comes into it so much, because I'm not looking for, like, a like a second room big enough to fit, like, one of those sexy tables with, like, the uh, the inlaid display oh, and stuff. Oh, God. Oh, no, aren't those great? I want one so bad. Me my, too. My problem is less being a nerd and more just, like, being a cheap bitch. <laughs> Okay, we have been hunting high and low for the city that we want to live in, which is nearby, but slightly more out of the way of, like, (laughs) tornadoes and stuff. We've been looking high and low for a house within our price range that has a big enough second room for our D&D table. (laughs) Because we're fucking nerds. And as it stands right now, like, we have enough room for everyone to walk around the table... But barely. But barely. It's like... It's cramped. What is this? Like maybe two, three feet on either side of the table to walk around? Like if somebody did too many squats, it wouldn't... It would eventually stop happening. Matt. Matt. Yeah. One of our friends who... I swear his butt has broken (laughs) so many of our chairs, of our shelves... It's impossible to get around. He broke our plug back here one day <laughs> that the computer uses, like the little power cord. Oh, my God. So if you're going to have not. nerd friends, don't make sure that they are not nerd friends who lift. Also, or just nerd boyfriend sure that, who lifts. Or just make sure that, you know, you have enough room. Yes. That, also that. If you're a nerd who lifts, you need to skip leg day. They tell you never skip leg day, but you need to skip leg day. I don't want to talk about it. Well, here's a here's another compromise. You guys could just set up all the nerd shit in the master bedroom and just bigger and just sleep, sleep in here in. and just sleep in a smaller bedroom. I've seen people do that when they have like. I don't think our bed will fit in this bedroom. You, the whole room could just be a bed. Like you just open the door and just like fall in. That would pretty much be what it would. Be yeah, like. I mean, but you say that like that doesn't sound lit as fuck. Just the whole big comfy room. She has a valid point. She does. Like, that sounds pretty cool, actually. But I don't want to soundproof that room. I don't either. And Fair enough. We're moving in. We're going to move at some point anyways. So the hunt continues for a big, massive nerd room for our next house. And then Lewin's hunt continues for an apartment just for her and her the, doggy. And my plants. And her and plants. Her, and, my and plants. plants. I need lots of windows <laughs> for my plants, my sweet children. But for now... 
nerdiness. Yes. What have you brought to us? Speaking of nerdiness. I have brought a... Well, for one, it was actually something that was mentioned in our very first episode um, that Travis touched on briefly. But we uh, got a request to expand upon this topic. And that was in an email from Jack Mathis, who actually sent us, like, several lovely emails. Thank you so much. Yeah, like... You, like, you sent the first one. I hope you're listening to this episode. Like, you sent the first one, and I was like, wow, that was really sweet. And then you sent another one, and I was like, whoa! I always... Repeat ha- customer! Happen to get the emails while I'm at work, and they, like, show up on my watch, and I just, like, I, like, go off to the side and read the email, and I'm just, like, tearing up a little bit at work, and people are just like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I got an email. <laughs> I got an email. It's fine. <laughs> Seriously, though. It's awesome. Yes, we we really appreciate the feedback and all the suggestions. And um, that you've been enjoying this podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I'm going to start crying again. In that email, he did suggest a few things. Which yes. one did you choose to go with on this one? This week, we are going to be discussing the Demi-Lich Aseric. You heard me right. Aseric? Aseric. That's how you pronounce it. I was... Pronouncing it Aserac this entire Aserac. time. So was I. I thought, I was like, I'm going to do this, and I already have the perfect name. We can just say Aserac, but it's spelled like ass, because I have the sense of humor of a 12-year-old. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I would have gone in the same direction. And then the fifth edition, a fifth edition module that he appears very prominently in, was like, nope, that's not how you pronounce it. So, Aseric. Aseric, which makes sense if you look at the way you spell it. Because originally, in the Vecna episode, when you briefly mentioned him, I was like, okay, Aseric, yeah. In the, and I, when I read the email, it didn't really register either. Because I just, I did that thing where sometimes if you read something fast enough, your brain just like... Substitutes letters. That- substitutes letters or cuts them out. So I just read it as Aseric. And then when I actually looked it up and realized I was spelling it wrong, I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Until I saw in the handy-dandy pronunciation and brief character description guide at the beginning of the 5th edition module that he prominently appears in. was like, Aseric. And I'm like, oh. So. All right. Well, that's good to know for. Yeah, good to know. The future. Endeavors as, or past endeavors or past endeavors. As much as much fun as it is to say Aserac, it is actually Aserac. Our so, past selves can feel this. This is what happens when you get a bunch of fucking southern hillbillies in one room. We're not hillbillies, but we are southern. We're, we are southern. Yeah, we're uh yes, yes, yes. So anyway, Aserac. He originally appeared in the module The Tomb of Horrors, which was released in 1978. One PSW. Um, <laughs> Post Star Wars for any new listeners. <laughs> this is your first episode. Oh, I, 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 my calendar is this is a Star Wars based calendar, and that is a Greyhawk campaign. Okay. The um, Tomb of Horrors. The Tomb of Horrors. That um, sounds like something a Demulet should be a part of. Yes, and that was later revised for third edition under the same name. So basically, they just took it. And then made it third edition because okay. obviously there's a big difference between the play style, right? <laughs> they just kind of took it and, and shifted it over. Yeah, kind of like how uh, 
fifth edition has done with uh, the Curse of Strahd. Yes. Yeah. At Aseric. I almost <laughs> said it wrong again. Aseric. It's just too. Episode. It's just too ingrained. The ass is too strong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, Aseric was born to a human woman named Kasethri. I think is how you would pronounce that. That's I like a cool it. name. And a Baylor named Tarnum. Oh. Um, for those of you who don't know, the simplest way to describe a Baylor is just like a beefy demon. High level demon. He's a big if anyone, beefy demon. If anyone has a more charitable charitable way. I mean, uh, it's a demon. Haven't you described them as looking like those uh, motherfuckers from Final Fantasy? No, that was a... Oh, I think I did. Yeah. I think I did. That was when you were uh, you were putting together. Yeah, you were putting together the Baylor mini. Yeah, yeah. They look. Uh, I think they look like the Humbabas from um, Final Fantasy thirteen. But Humbaba, Humbaba, which I think might also be a Dungeons and Dragons monster. Probably, Maybe. probably. <laughs> I mean, it's what a, isn't a Dungeons and Dragons monster at this point? Right. Yeah. But anyway, so he was the son of a Baylor. Yes. It, it, in one, um, oh, I forget which which detail this was from. I think it may have been from. Either the 4th edition release of Tomb of Horrors or 5th edition's Tomb of Annihilation. Um, he loves his tombs. Um, <laughs> but was what happened was that Cassethry's, like, normal human-ass husband mm-hmm. uh, summoned, the, summoned the Baylor and couldn't control him. So he fucked his wife? After killing the guy. Oh. Um, Did he, like, assume the form of the husband? No. Oh, he just straight up fucked... Okay. Yeah, Why? Why not? Okay, like... I mean, okay. Was it... It was implied, probably. Okay. Uh, mm. Yeah, it was not a... It was not a good time, and and Aseric had hard feelings towards his, uh... Biological father? Yes. Gee, I can imagine. Yeah, um... I, it, it was not explicitly stated, but I feel like it could easily be interpreted. I mean, way. yeah, that that's that's kind of the interpretation that I would probably yeah. end up going with. Yeah. So, does uh, it say why he summoned this thing in the first place? I think he just wanted to try. Yeah. I mean, why does anyone <laughs> summon a demon? I mean, if you're going to summon one, summon a lesser one first. Don't summon that. <laughs> yeah, it's like a start with a lesser demon. Yeah, for you. start Hot. with a little. <laughs> Go with like an imp. <laughs> uh, oh my god! You know, I will say though, I almost do do relate in that department because sometimes I, I look at something and I think I want to do that, and then you see like, oh well, here's basic stuff you can start out with, but it's not as exciting. Like, I actually only, this is a really specific example, I only know how to fold origami cranes, even though they're much more complicated, and they say, hey, you should start with other stuff first, like, you know, the little the little hats, or like a boat or something, and I was like, no, fuck that. And I remember exactly, <laughs> it, remember the it, process. it took her forever to figure out how to fold origami cranes. But I can do it. But she can do it. Yeah. Did you just compare folding origami cranes to summoning a demon? I mean, a it's little probably bit. the same to some people. At this point, it's probably the same to Aseric, so, you know. Ooh. Spoiler alert, he gets really <laughs> powerful. Well, I, I had no idea, considering we were talking about him. Considering we, we know that this guy's a demi-lich. Anyway, um, enough about his potentially really terrible parentage. Um, yeah. yeah. So, interestingly enough, his race has actually changed over editions. In the third edition release of Tomb of Horrors, they make a little, like a, almost like a throwaway side note, describing him as a tiefling in life, even mm. though that's not... 
how like that's not how that works. Um, I mean, not a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, but uh, he was described as being a tiefling in life, and later releases describe him as either a half demon, half fiend, or cambion. Which yeah. a cambion is just the the child of a human and like an incubus, succubus, demon, yada yada. Yeah. And apparently the distinction being that tieflings are from devils, not demons. Ah, okay. But again, I didn't, that's a whole other, like tieflings could be their own episode. Tieflings could be like three episodes. Tieflings are probably going to be their own episode. Definitely. Looking at you there. Tieflings are in the work. So anyway, in third edition he was described as a tiefling, but then this was later revised and he was called a cambion or just a half demon or half fiend in general. And also in, like, kayfabe sources themselves, like legends and, and, and things that people told about him, like, it was as, there was as much, like, discrepancy as it seems like you could say there was in official sources. Like, some people would say he was a tiefling, and some people would say he was a half-demon, yada yada. There, I can, I can see where there would be that kind of, like, shrouded in mystery. Shrouded in mystery, and also, people who don't like tieflings and don't trust them and don't trust, like, half demons and stuff like that, they're not going to care about the distinction. They're just yeah, going to group them true. all together and say, fuck this guy, he's a tiefling. And tieflings yeah, are like, right. he's not really a tiefling. He's actually a half-demon. They're like, I don't give a fuck. I don't like you either. Probably yeah. depends on like what region you're going for there as well. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Um, so anyway, he spent his childhood, the first 10 years of his life, being hidden away by mm-hmm. his mother because she was afraid of how the general population would react to... His, like, demonic parentage. Right. But um, he actually, it, it sounds like he actually had a caring mother who, like, yes. loved him. Yes. That's good. And then when he was 10 years old, this <laughs> finally proved to be a very relevant concern because the, I guess, the town, because he lived, the, they, it was described as they lived on kind of the fringes of society. Like, I'm mm-hmm. imagining they lived, like, out from a town. Like, on, a, on, on farmland, like, near yeah, a town. Like, on a farm or something. So the town nearby found out. Oh. Oh. And started a lynch mob. Oh. And set their house on fire and killed his mom. Aww. So wait, not even the town she was in, but the town that was nearby? She it sounds like that she didn't live in town. Yeah. Uh she lived like, Kinda like outskirts. Us. Like just the yeah. nearby the nearby. Okay, so sort they found like, out and did what any sensible town would do and Which is start a mob and yeah. Yeah. Uh, arson. Yeah. Everyone loves some arson. Everyone loves some arson and dead moms. Ooh. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> arson and dead moms. Um, and as... No. Not Aseric. Aseric! I almost did it again. Um, only survived this encounter because of his demonic blood. I'm assuming he probably had a similar hellish resistance. Oh, yeah. Would. Yeah. Immun- not immunity, but resistance to fire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think in some editions they probably would have just straight immunity to fire. Probably. Probably. And, you know, I don't think that at this point Aseric actually has immunity to fire, but, you know. At the very least, like oh. you guys said, resistance. Yeah. So anyway, he, he just described as surviving this encounter because of his demonic uh, ancestry. Yeah, who thinks fire? Fire is going to kill the demon. An angry, an angry mob. Unthinking mob, <laughs> <Just> apparently. <laughs> I feel like. Fair point. I mean, that would be like them trying to. Like, just take him and hang him? Hey, Probably wouldn't work. Haven't you read the stat block for Angry Mob? They have, like, a minus four to their intelligence. And a minus three to their wisdom. Yeah. 
they're not very smart. No. Or or charismatic. <laughs> or really anything. They're just strong and dexterous. Would they be con- no, you know what? Never mind. We're not gonna go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> we can do an we can do an angry mob stat block episode. Uh, our um, homebrew angry mob. Homebrew angry mob. <laughs> That's like a oh no, too many tangents. Too many. Um <laughs> So he survived, um, not not unscathed. Yeah, yeah. Um, as you can imagine. Someone's so about to be angry. He he went and fucked off to an empire called Bail Tarath after this, where a bunch of tieflings lived. I okay. guess. And he he whether or not anyone would consider him a tiefling, he he kind of found companionship among them. They under they understand the same type of. Like discrimination and yeah. yeah, because they they both have that kind of ancestry, ancestry, be it demon or devil or whatever. Yeah, specific. It, it, they're demonic of some form. Whether it was your 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 dad or it was like your great 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 grandfather, and you know whatever. It's like when you go and see see your cousins. It's like we didn't have the same parents or whatever, but we had the same similar upbringing. Yeah, so it's like you get they get it. Yeah. So he, uh, you know, he went and hung out there for a while. And at this point, there's sort of like that gap that I also feel like existed for Vecna, where it was like he kind of was underground, sort of. Not not in, in anyone's eye, really. You know, learning about magic and he was thing. He wasn't doing anything terribly interesting. For people to, like, sit down and write about. Yeah, he like, they're not going to... kind of being him. They're not going to be like, he locked himself in a library and studied necromancy for a decade. Like, that's not... That, that's not fun to write about. He Nobody just kind of did his own thing for a while, basically. Which, one of the things that he did oh. may have been his apprenticeship with Vecna. Which it sounds like from your research about Vecna made it sound like it was definitely something that happened. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that I mean, that was pretty pretty cut much and dry. Like cut and dry. Okay. That at some point he was with Vecna studying, training, whatever they did, but Yeah. So it it sounds like that happened. But this was also included as a note of things that Asteric did that was under the pretense of like Maybe this happened. Maybe it was exaggerated, but I I hope it happened because Me too. Vecna and Aseric are both very cool. Um, so he was kind of like apprenticed with Vecna for a while. Holy shit! And both of their parents were killed by fire. Oh, I didn't think both about that. Both of their mothers were killed by fire. Oh, yes. yes. Well, they probably would have gotten along swimmingly. Uh, yeah. They no, wouldn't and, have burned if they were. And. <sighs> <laughs> so, um, while he was he was chilling with Vecna, there was he he became I say became or just may have spent a long time being fascinated with the concept of undeath, um, as you do, as you are, and part of this may have been because of what happened to him, right? Like, just the 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 sort of like bare bare idea of like his life was so shitty. <laughs> that it's like, what else is there, like, beyond that? But some of that might have also been, you know, because Vecna was his mentor. Yeah. You know? And, like, he was this powerful, cool lich guy and yada yada. And you kind of pick up the interests of your mentor, mentor when you're mentoring. Yeah. and, and Notice me, senpai. <laughs> and also, like, it, it seemed like this guy just really hated life. Yeah, he sounds really <laughs> depressed actually. I mean, yeah, I mean understandably. I'm not I'm not saying that he doesn't have to reason be fair, to be. This was all his dad's fault. Well, and the True. thing is is that 
it wasn't just that he hated his life. He hated life. Oh. He, he, he sort of developed this complex where he wanted to exact vengeance. On life itself. For what happened to him. So, I've heard that before. Yeah, so he, he would chill with Vecna, yada yada. And he resurfaced again as a worshiper of the god Orcus, who was a, like, prince god. One of the, like, honestly, so many gods I've seen that are, like, a god of death. Okay. Because, you know, I mean, and this is also, like... This is, I believe, from the Greyhawk... This is from the Greyhawk setting pantheon. Yes. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I think, changing hands as far as, like, portfolios go. Right. Because, you know, you got Orcus, you got um, the Raven Queen, you end up with, like, people like Cyric and Bane and stuff like that. Right. And then Kalimvor. So it's like, it changes hands a lot. And also, like, he was described in some accounts as being a cleric of right. Orcus. The cleric, a Cyric, the cleric. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited to say that. That's like amazing. It. But the thing is, is that despite being a cleric, he didn't really care about Orcus that much. Um, <laughs> and he was more so just using him for resources. Um, because Orcus was like a cult guy. He had more of like what, what someone might would might maybe consider a cult. Right. Um, so Vecna. <laughs> oh. I knew that was going to happen at some point. <sighs> I just insulted Vecna and Aseric. How dare you? I know. That hurt. Anyway. Father will hear about this. <laughs> so, um, Aseric, while he was in the uh, clerical department of Orcus's <laughs> cult. That was a really weird... Clerical department? No, I like it. Yeah. Go on. Go you on. Know, I, I like it. I you like have it. my interest. I like it. He used some of these, like, these resources that were available to him to construct dungeons. Huh. Um, across the world, and also in, like, various demi-planes. Like, he just was bouncing around everywhere. Sounds oh. like it. He, he sounds like a busy guy. Um, okay. Including the famous, or perhaps infamous, Tomb of Horrors. Ooh. Spooky music. Ooh. <laughs> Find some fair use, like, not fair use, um, public domain spooky music. Oh, my God. So, eventually, I don't know when exactly this happened. Like, I don't know if he got, like, old as balls and then decided that he the clock was ticking and he really needed to do this. Or mm-hmm. if he just eventually one day was like, fuck it, and turned himself into a lich. But eventually one day he was like, fuck it, and he turned himself, himself into, into a, a lich. lich. And at that point, he stopped his whole thing with Orcus. And it was it was stated that he was like... Yeah, I was basically just using you, but I don't need you anymore, so bye. Oh, damn. Um, and he, he turned in his robes, he turned in <laughs> his holy symbol, and um, locked himself in the tomb of horrors and just worked. This is, this is the point where it was like, yeah, he locked himself in there for, I think, 20 years? Oh my god. Jesus. And just worked on, on like, magic. Um, it was noted, this never really went anywhere, I don't think. But it was noted that one thing that he was working on was, like, a spell to stop time. Don't know why he was so interested with that. Because, as we'll see, it doesn't necessarily align with things that he does in the future. Right. As much. A spell to stop time. Yeah. Maybe he thought that if he could stop time, he could reverse it. Or maybe it was kind of like a way of stopping life. Things can't live if things don't progress. Perhaps. But I will say, I think it might have just, like... been something he just became interested in for whatever reason Mm -hmm. because he he's very much like he he's principled and he has his goals 
But he also, I get a, I get a real mad scientist vibe from him. He does shit just to do it. Yeah. So I feel like he could have gotten a, a wild hair up at his, uh, his incorporeal ass one day, <laughs> and was just like, "Hey, I'm gonna fuck around and figure out how to stop time." Yay. Whatever. Yeah, this is a thing. And then he just spends the next like three years doing that because he felt like it. Jesus. So while he's in this tomb for twenty years, he doesn't try to keep it a secret. He actively allows and facilitates rumors to spread about it huh. because he wants to attract people to it. We'll get into that in a minute. Oh, boy. Um, I see where this is going. And while this was happening, he wasn't feeding his phylactery. Oh. So he allowed himself intentionally to wither away into his demi-lich form. I'm a s- Y'all, this is also very confusing. The, the difference between a demi-lich and a lich and this and that. But from what I'm interpreting it from this is that, that a demi-lich is what happens when a lich's physical body erodes because they don't feed their phylactery. So eventually all that was left behind was the form that you see Aserac in. Aseric. Oh, my God. It's going to be so hard. It's going to be so hard to break it. I just want to say ass. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. It left behind, like, what you see him, like, the body of him portrayed as most often, which is a animated jewel-encrusted skull. Oh. Which is, like, so, so stylish. So, okay, the Demi part is interesting, because I, use, when I heard Demi-Lich, I always kind of just imagined a lich, but more closer to human. Like, but, partial. Yeah. Because Demi means partial. Yeah, but really, it seems like it's a lich, but closer to a ghoul or like a skeleton or something. Yeah. It's a more eroded and, lich. Instead of the line between a lich and a human, he's the line between a lich and dead. <laughs> yeah. And just like, you know. Just like, dead. I wouldn't even say necessarily like a better lich, but like a purer lich, maybe. Yeah, like more, un- more undeath and yeah. less living. Yeah. So his, uh, his demi lich form is really cool. Because it's just, it's an animated skull with two rubies set as the eyes mm-hmm. and, like, diamond teeth. So he's got, like, grills. He's That's got a amazing. grill. <laughs> and it's diamonds. And if I remember correctly, the rubies are each supposed to be worth 10,000 GP. Oh, Holy my shit. God. It's either 10,000 or 50,000. Either way. <laughs> and the diamonds are all worth, like, 5,000 each. Right. And he has... How many teeth are people supposed to have? Because I'm, like, I'm down like Probably. eight. So I'm not sure. Lewin has a small mouth. I had a small mouth. I've had a lot of teeth removed. Um, I'm I, only down the regular four that you usually get removed. I'm down two and it's not even the regular ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm down eight and I still have my wisdom teeth. So anyway, he's this diamond encrusted skull. The only problem that I have with his design is that the skull doesn't have horns yet Aww. which can i say the fact that he was a tiefling or a cambion or whatever you want to call him in life and also the fact that some uh iconography of him we'll get into that later depicts him like child Aserac in like a i guess a baby jesus kind of way as having little horns oh man because he was a little devil boy. so why so why doesn't his his he's a little devil boy so why doesn't his his lich form have horns? 
That's such a missed opportunity. Oh, that my is God. a missed opportunity because that sounds amazing. And especially the the, the the how opulent the rest of his skull is. I'm imagining like the the kind of like Molly Mock uh, decorated horns, like type jewel of, encrusted horns, like yeah. silver with like little etchings, like the the oh. bone carving. Yeah. Uh, crap. What is that called? Uh, well, the the only thing I can think of is like carved ivory, which isn't cool. But like, um, um, we yeah. saw a ton in Alaska. It's got the scrimshaw. Scrimshaw, yeah. Yes. Scrimshaw, and horns. then he's got like rings on his horns. Oh my god, that yeah, would be a beautiful. That would have been great. But anyway, still, dim- like ruby and diamond encrusted skull is pretty cool. So. Yeah, it could be cooler though. It, <laughs> it it could be cooler, but you know. But still, as he's allowing rumors of the tomb to spread, um, people start coming. Naturally. And he starts, like, they die in there. Oh. Because what? What? It's very, it, uh, you wouldn't believe it, but a place called the Tomb of Horrors is really dangerous. So people and, die in I there. I mean, he spent years in there probably setting up traps and... I'm so shocked. Ghostly... Also. Foes. Not just that. Like, not just is it a place called the Tomb of Horrors. But this is a note from the third edition release of it. In direct quotes, this is a thinking person's module, and if your group is a hack and slay gathering, they will be unhappy. Which I say like that because it was in all caps. <laughs> it was they a- did not want people to be upset with this module for for kill it for, for TPKing a whole hack and slash party. No, and there's a note in a later release of it that says like. You know, if you you should play this part of the module if your players aren't afraid of their characters dying. But if they're sensitive or they're new or they're afraid of their characters dying, you should have them stick to the early parts. So they have an easier part and then they have like a hard mode. (laughs) That's amazing. That was like apropos. It was in like a little side box, you know, like a little note box in the side. But it was apropos of nothing in all caps, which I think is hilarious. That's amazing. So anyway... You know, all these people, these adventurers came and they died, and he fed his phylactery with their souls, as you do. Nah, as a lich. As a lich, as you do. And and the, the end goal for him feeding his phylactery was not just, like, a lich feeding their phylactery, right. as you do. It was, he wanted to amass enough power that he could command all of the undead of the world and enact suffering upon all of those still living. Oh my god. he's still mad about that. Okay. Um, first of all, that would be a lot of power. Yes. yes. Second of all, I feel like if he actually reached that goal, he would run into issues with Vecna. Yes. Who had an undead army. Mm, maybe. Uh, and was Vecna un- technically undead? Yes. I mean, then yes, he, he would be a, controlled. He was a lich. So. Yeah. Um, so, over, like, as this was happening... A cult rose up around the tomb, establishing a settlement called Skull City, which I think, did we mention, did we talk about that ever? It sounds very familiar. It does sound familiar to me. It might have been a slight mention, but... No, I think I'm thinking of something that we talked about in the Waterdeep episode. Anyway, Skull City. Skull City. Um, And there was this cult living there that worshipped Aserac. Fuck! Aseric, <laughs> under the moniker the Devourer. Oh my God! Which is a really cool thing to be called. But True. At, he didn't give a shit. Um, he <laughs> he it he did not care for worship, and despite the cult's best efforts and their devoutness, 
they actually didn't really understand anything about like his true nature. So they they had this religion built up around him, mm-hmm. but they didn't really know that much about him. <laughs> That's kind of funny because he was just like, like I'm just imagining like he's sitting at his desk and he like sees them outside of the window and he's just we like, love you, Eric, and he just like shuts the blinds. <laughs> No. <laughs> um, he literally, he didn't care. So he had this kind of this kind of thing going for a while. Adventurers would come to the tomb. They would die. He would absorb their souls with his phylactery. Yada, yada. Until eventually, like, that would be the module, and that would be your party. Right. And they would come in, and they would defeat him. Um, so that happens. Hopefully. Hopefully. Or you die. Well... For for the sake of me moving on further, right. we're going to say that they defeat him. The party comes in, actually gets through everything, and kills him. Yes, um, because they are a party of thinking people. Yes, um, and so and not hack and slash. He he underestimates the would be victors of the uh, tomb of horrors, and his physical form is destroyed, and his soul is banished somewhere. So, you know, yay! yay! They, did it! they did it! Yay! That's the end of the module and the end of Aseric. Everyone toast. Or is it? <gasps> Stop the toast. Toast. Freeze frame. <laughs> you might be wondering how we, how we got here. And uh, on that freeze frame, we are going to take a quick break to talk about our social media and things. Yeah. And when we come back, we'll talk more about how Aseric... Is definitely dead, and that was definitely the end of his involvement in anything. I don't believe you now. <laughs> Roll an insight. Let's check. all. Oh. Eight. No, I'm telling the truth. No, okay. I'm totally. Well, seems totally forthright. Never mind. I have no idea then. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to our Aseric episode. Or Aseric, as we've as been I, failing at. <laughs> Listen, so much failing. Listen, I hear that one the first time I hear it pronounced Aserac, and it just sticks in my head because it's got the word ass in it. You get to say the word ass. 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 <laughs> but our Aseric episode, and thank you for stopping to listen to this little plug right here after hearing me say the word ass in a very unpleasant way. <laughs> You can follow us on our Twitter and our Instagram and our Tumblr at Dungeonpedia. Well, I guess the Tumblr's Dungeonpedia.tumblr.com. But, but we have the just regular Dungeonpedia there. Um, we post updates when we release new episodes. Um, we post some fun behind-the-scenes pictures on our Instagram. Some teasers. Some teasers. Some dice-rolling stories. Um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and we uh, reblog. Nice, nice art of We retweet it on Twitter. We do retweet it on Twitter. I was about to talk about the Tumblr. Speaking of Tumblr and uh, reblogging, we are on Tumblr at dungeonpedia.tumblr.com. I forget it's retweeting. There's lots of re's. There's a retweet, there's a reblog. And last week you actually called Travis out for the same thing, so it's probably sticking in your mind a little bit. (laughs) It's spreading. Yeah. But you can email us as well and send us your messages and requests for episodes and suggestions and whatever you want to email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. This episode was actually a request that was sent to us by email. So thank you very much. Yes, thank you once again. It's been pretty nice to get some suggestions and then look them up and... Turns out they're pretty... Uh, pretty fucking neat. They're yeah. pretty fucking awesome, yeah. About stuff that we had no clue about before then. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, 
Till this week, Aseric was just a guy that knew Vecna, but yeah. now we know him. He's a full fledged person now. Kind yes. of. Kind of. I mean, person. Demi Lich. Person. Asshole. Yeah, he was definitely a dick. In any case, if you uh, are so inclined to do so, please remember to rate and subscribe to us to wherever you listen to our show on. It helps us out greatly. Leave a review if possible, because that also helps us kind of jump through the ranks of especially iTunes. Yeah. yeah. And to I know mean, what, we're, what we're doing. How we're yes. Doing. What I you mean, think? let's face it. There's a lot of podcasts on iTunes and a lot more. We'll keep propping. Propping? Cropping. We'll keep cropping up. And uh, it kind of just helps us Stand stick out. out from some of the newer ones. I'm not saying that, you know, we're better than everybody we're trying to get our names out there like everyone else. I mean, we're so. pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, we are pretty cool. I think we're pretty cool. So uh, go ahead and do that if you would. That would be just fantastic. Almost as cool as our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all uh, are speaking awesome. Speaking of helping us jump through the ranks, tell your friends. They're nerds too, I'm sure. Even if you, uh, if your friends don't play D&D, if you know a friend that just enjoys lore behind games in general, this could be a podcast for them. If they are into D&D and they don't know the lore behind it, this could be a podcast for them. If they like just like lore and you've been trying forever to get them to play D&D, just play this podcast for them. If they hate Dungeons and Dragons, make them listen anyway. Maybe we'll change their minds. Or get new friends. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> Unless you need them. Anyways. I mean, oh, you can expand your friend circle. But, always. You know, you can always do that. Quick big thank you to Alexander Nakarada for our theme song, Blacksmith. You can hear it at the top and bottom of every episode right after the epic... You there, adventurer! Shit's about to get nerdy in here. Yeah. That was not a flattering... Flattering impression at all. I mean, to be fair, none of us can get as deep of a voice as Matt's got, so... Matt is our friend who so graciously recorded that opening for us. Thanks, Matt. I think he even did it when he was sick or right after he had gotten done being sick. He was sick. I remember that. Because he had put it off for a little while because he was sick. Yeah. And then and, eventually it was just like, fuck it. And he still powered through it and sent us a few... Good takes. Good takes of it, and we did our little editing bits to it, and uh, that's yeah. our intro. Thank you to Alexander Nakarada and Matt. You know who you are, Matt. You know who you are. <laughs> I think that's kind of it for our plugs. Also, one more quick thing. You know, maybe a little bit of an unusual note, but happy Pride Month! It Yay! is June. For those of you who don't know, June is LGBT Pride Month, and I just want to throw that out there because... I'm gay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa! For one. And for two, just, you know, to put it out there, we love all of our listeners. We do. And we want you to be who you are. Yes. And be proud. Yes. And Lewin actually wanted to do a Pride-specific episode this month, but unfortunately could not find a very gay topic to talk about. I mean, there's a lot of little lot of little ones, but nothing that I felt like I could really dig into. We'll, we'll have it ready for next year. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll, we'll get more into it. Until then, happy Pride Month, everyone. Like yeah. uh, Lynn said, we do support the entire community and all of our listeners. And Dungeons & Dragons has always been really a great place for... Self-expression. Self-expression, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's even growing more into that now that it's becoming... So popular. So popular, which mm-hmm. I am so happy to see. Me too. Yes. I mean, to be fair, us getting into it, I think, in general... Is, is owed a little bit to its growing popularity in general. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I you mean, know. we're part of that wave of being caught into it, which yeah. I'm not complaining. Not at all. I mean, I've always been into, like, nerdy stuff, so I probably would have gotten caught in the wave anyways, but... It helps. It yeah. helps that it got bigger 
and that I could start earlier instead of being like in my like 40s and having my first player's handbook <laughs> and needing glasses because I will need glasses in my 40s, I'm certain. Hey, some people just need glasses. Anyway, anyway I need to know more about this uh, Aseric person. <laughs> this Aseric person? This Aseric person. This Aseric asshole Aseric dude. So, without uh, continuing any further on our ads and subjecting our listeners to more of our rambling, let's get back to the episode. Which includes more rambling. So, as I'm sure everyone had figured out or never really thought anything to the contrary, that was not the end of a Sarah. Wait. Wow. No, I believed you. I rolled, I, I critted my, uh, my deception check. Damn. So, he manifested again, quote, through sheer force of will, unquote, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, just, he was too... He was too angry. He was too angry. He was too stubborn to die, which is pretty, which is good. And so after this, we move into the fourth edition Tomb of Horrors because they, they love that name. Like, I'm not, I'm not calling anyone out because it's a good name for a dungeon, but they had the first edition module, then they had a, a re or not a re-release, a sequel called Return to the Tomb of Horrors, and then they had the third edition revision. And then the fourth edition one was called Team of Horrors. <laughs> like it's just they they love that name. They knew what they knew what worked, and they stuck with yeah, it. Yeah, like, <laughs> this them. module clearly worked. So just yeah. keep, uh, keep also on like, going. Also, like I swear, and I say we say this every episode about something, at least like three times. But you, like you could do, we could do an entire thing just about the Team of Horrors module, and like if if I got to a point emotionally where I could handle the prospect of my character dying, I would actually love to play in, like, any one of these that I kind of looked into for bits and pieces about Aserek's backstory. Aserek! <laughs> you guys, I'm going to cry, like, about his backstory. Like, they're all very, very interesting. Um, so anyway, he re-manifests through sheer force of will. I did air quotes yes. just then. And after this, his MO was to create these things that were described as Eldritch Engines, which is actually just a really cool way to refer to the dungeons as a whole. It's like the whole of these these dungeons were like machines that were meant to channel the power of dead gods. Oh, so damn. He, he moved on from just like the souls of regular people a little bit um, and decided that he wanted to start using the souls of gods that have died because this was this was after this is like after in the 1400s dale reckoning i think when, uh, like the time of troubles and shit was happening okay so like he knew gods could die like you know they'd killed each other they'd been killed by mortals so he his new thing was that he's gonna use the power of dead gods this was a well-established thing that this happens yeah, yeah gods can die so um part of it like in the in the heart of it was constructed from stolen gems and a stolen crown that was formerly er, possessed by Nerul, which was another one of the, like, <laughs> dozens of gods of death, <laughs> um, who I think had been deposed by the Raven Queen, if I remember correctly. Ooh. That sounds pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the Raven Queen in general. So at the end of, of this module, which is, it's not the same, like there's a lot of different content within, like different traps, different rooms, different enemies. You know, right. Yeah. Right. But um, the party encounters uh, Sarek in the engine of uh, this, this Eldritch, or the, yeah, 
like the heart of this Eldritch engine, which is at some point the party ends up in a demiplane, part of it's in a demiplane. <laughs> and he appears to them in in this like final boss way as a lich possessing a crystal golem. Oh my god. Whoa. That's How- Cool as that. A crystal <laughs> Pretty golem? fucking cool, I would yeah, say. Yeah, and it that was like awesome. and the way it was described as like, you know, you have like this this golem's form, yeah. but then his fancy skull is in what would be the eye, like the eye socket, one of the eye sockets of the golem. That's fucking It sounds cool. really cool. And it's also Yeah, I have a skull for an eye. What you going to do about whatever. it? Whatever. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> now I'm a crystal golem bitch. I'm a I'm a crystal golem lich. Fuck you guys. Fuck yes. Oh Um, my god. That also sounds like one hell of a thing to attack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't have that stat block candy, but it is quite fearsome. Because you know, he has he's a crystal golem. Right. And he has glitch powers. So like fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you, basically. (laughs) Fuck you, basically. Um so then if the party defeats him and destroys his phylactery, which this is something that I saw sold several times on a Sarek, is that supposedly, and I don't know if this is only supposed to be a detail in, in like, kayfabe that people would say about a Sarek, was that his phylactery, the nature and location was never discovered, but it was. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if that's something that people just say about a Sarek or what. But anyway, his phylactery was a gemstone that was set in the very heart of the engine. I think this guy likes rocks. I think you're right. He might have a slight fascination with them. I mean, you know what? Though, same. I mean, they're very pretty like things they're, to they're, see. Yeah, they're very beautiful. And just like, it just feels like a good, like a, a good place to put your soul in, you know? <laughs> That's a pretty thing. My soul would like that. I'm going to put it there. Yeah, I'm going to put my soul right Or, here. you know, you put it in a diamond, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'd that, put it in a diamond. Diamonds like a soul gem. Fuck. Yeah. Well, actually, more on that. Oh, a little bit more on that. Oh. But, you know, like, it's pretty and, you know, put in a diamond to protect it because diamond is unbreakable. Uh, I just don't get that reference. Anyway. No, I don't. So they the party destroys his physical body, which is, you know, the lich possessing the golem, yada, yada. Yeah. And destroys his phylactery. And this causes the central part of this engine to fail. So then the party has to hurry and get the fuck out <laughs> before oh, it God. blows up. And, and then, which hopefully your party, being that they have gotten through the Tomb of Horrors, is intelligent enough to think about this. But even though they've destroyed the golem and the phylactery, like, he didn't leave a corpse behind. There was no trace of his, well, his physical body left, which is the skull. Right. And so that means he's not actually dead. Ooh. And your party has to figure this out. You know, or they have to realize this. Because Otherwise they fucked. I guess that, this, like, it, it's not always clean cut that destroying a lich's phylactery actively kills them, I guess. I th- guess what it's supposed to mean is that destroying their phylactery gives you the ability to kill them. Okay. That that okay. makes sense. Because what, what, how, like, how at least a Seric operates is that if he is killed, like, his physical body can be killed. But he just basically respawns near his phylactery in, like, 24 hours. Okay. So it's sort of almost like the preventing Strahd from going back to his coffin thing. 
But a phylactery. But a phylactery. Phylactery, yeah. So you can destroy the physical body, but the phylactery still stands. He'll just come back in yeah. 24 hours and be like, yep, hi. Or hi, you what's up? destroy the phylactery. And if you're like me, you destroy the phylactery and you think, okay, good enough. But then he just fixes it. Right, because I was under the assumption that destroy phylactery, destroy lich. Yes. Yes. That's kind of how I've always assumed. about it. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, then they have to figure out where he went. And they, they like, it's actually pretty interesting because they cover, just a little side note, they cover a lot of um, different ways that, like, you could do this. Or, like, alternatively, maybe you don't want to make it to where your party can just use, like a, like, a scrying spell to find him. So you can do this instead, yada, yada. But anyway... They figure out that he is in the abandoned tomb back on the mortal material plane. And they go there to destroy him once and for all. So at this point, at the end of the module, Aseric is, like, panicking. Right. Because they his, figured out how to kill him. Yeah, his phylactery's gone. Um, his, the you know, the other tomb blew up. And he panics. And he realizes that... He doesn't have enough time, probably, to repair his phylactery or make a new one or however he decides to do it. Yeah. Before the party's going to come find him. So what he does instead is somehow gets a hold of the Eye of Vecna. That oh. one. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and then, then the party comes and finds him. With one of his ruby soul gem eyes. Yeah, the, his eyes are soul gems. I don't... Okay. Yeah. Yay! One I of which is replaced out. by the eye of Vecna. Oh, oh no. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yep, okay. Yep. If the party is defeated, which... They could be. They could very probably very easily be. I mean, I say very easily. At this point, your party is obviously very powerful. Right. But this is still a Sarek armed with the eye of Vecna. Right. Now, not only is he a powerful lich, he is armed... With this legendary artifact, artifact yeah. from a lich. Another lich. <laughs> Different lich. His old, his old work associate. His old work associate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I called in a favor with my old boss. <laughs> um, so anyway, he... So the, if the party is defeated, he basically uh, eventually attains godlike power. You know. Yeah. And he actually... He is not interested in being a god. He is only interested in sort of his own, I would call it his own personal, like, interpretations of power. Okay. Because, like, he doesn't want to be a god insofar as, like, he doesn't care about worship. He doesn't, he just wants to have the power to do the things he wants to do. Okay. Um, which, in this case, is he, he goes off and seeks to destroy gods with portfolios over magic because he's fascinated by magic. And his followers, because I guess the people in Skull City are still kicking, um, <laughs> they're like, yeah, and they start wars with cults of Vecna and Orcus. So I'm assuming his acquisition of the Eye of Vecna was not in a nice way. Probably not. Well, to be fair, though. Oh, well, at, at that this, point, Vecna's dead. Yeah, yeah, at this point, that's just an artifact that is... Out there. Out somewhere. there. So it's not like he's going and, like, taking the eye out of Vecna's That's skull. That's a really metal image, though. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Just, just like, grotesquely like, ripping the eyeball Ugh. out of another lich. Ew. This is mine now. This is mine. And then he just pops the other ruby out. And, and like, puts there. the ruby in that spot. <laughs> Thank you for your tutelage, Here sir. Here you go. <laughs> just Ew. Ew. Squish. 
Gross. You. I don't think he would. I was drinking. I don't think he would squish at that point, though. No, it no. would be taking it. He's too crusty. From the yeah. He's crusty. Ew. Ew. I hate it. But still, this cult... Or it's like, never mind, I was about to get really gross. Never mind. Oh. So this cult is now going after the cult of Vecna. The cult of Orcus. The cult of Orcus. Two, and two this, people that, that uh, uh, Sarek used to work for. And this isn't <laughs> even funny. something that a Sarek wanted. He doesn't give two shits about this yeah, cult. Yeah, and this is happening, but also this is a footnote. This is in the the last paragraph, like, (laughs) hey, if your party dies, this is what happens. It's not even, this is the cards Mm -hmm. at the end of, like, Dragon Age. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and they started some wars, whatever. There's some wars going on. It's it's whatever. We'll talk about it very briefly in the next game. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. But if they succeed, it actually, as far as I understand it, spells the end of Aseric in, like, the Greyhawk modules. Okay. So I don't necessarily think that, because I'll I'll explain why in a minute, but he doesn't, after this, the next module that he, he's like the main antagonist in is a, um, is one that takes place in Toril, um, which is Forgotten Realms. Right. (laughs) So he, uh, but he doesn't really do much in, uh, in O-Earth anymore. Hmm. O-Earth. O-Earth. Um, He's done with them. Yeah, no. So at some point, quote, through unknown means, which isn't quite as cool as through sheer force of will, (laughs) um, shows back up with his phylactery. Also, at this point, he's referred to as an archlich. I don't know what the difference is. Vecna was an archlich. Yeah, but but that still doesn't help. My understanding was that Vecna was the archlich. Right. One of his titles was the archlich. Well, yeah, exactly. So So it was like a... The godhood of liches? I'm I'm going to see if there is a difference between I didn't actually know that there was anyone else with the title archlich. It's like Vecna was like, I am the archlich. And Aseric was like that one, um, that one reaction image of Thor from Ragnarok, where he's like, "Are you though? <laughs> Are you though? <laughs> so am I. I, I am now an Archlich. So what's the deal here, brother? Yeah, yeah. Um, the method of becoming an Archlich was nearly identical to becoming a Lich. That's not helpful. And I guess not a, at all. a demi Lich is like just when you let yourself go a little bit. <laughs> 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 he sees Aseric as like a disembodied skull, and he's like, "Wow, man, you really let yourself go." <laughs> this is devolving into jokes, guys. I still got stuff I need to talk about. So he comes back somehow through unknown means. And I, th- my, this was not stated, but my personal interpretation is that, you know, the original stuff in the original Tomb of Horrors happened. And then he came back and he started doing the Eldritch Engine thing. And then the fourth edition party came and fucked up his shit. And he was sick of having his plans ruined on slash around relating to... Oh, Earth. So he decided he was going to go to Toril. Cool. And when he Toril went... has seen so much shit. <laughs> but so is, so is Oh, Earth. Oh. Yeah, they've seen so much shit. Um, uh, just a quick aside. An mm-hmm. Archlich is a lich that retains their original alignment when they uh, attain lichhood. Oh, okay. Uh, neutral evil, by the way. Yeah, so, I mean, he could have anyways, but... Yeah. Okay, well... That's and, settled. Well, wouldn't technically the Eye of Vecna would have made him neutral evil anyway? Yeah, right. Yeah, because it changes it your alignment. That's the one that, like, because the hand doesn't change your alignment until you hit until, that hundred percent, right? 
Yes. But the eye, you pop it in and your alignment's it, it neutral It immediately evil. will change your alignment. <laughs> he was neutral evil anyway, so. So it anyway. didn't matter. Yeah, but um, that's the way you have. Uh, that's the distinction. The distinction, yes. Okay. So anyway, um, the first thing he does when he goes to Toril is he goes to this place called Omu, which is like a kingdom sort of thing. Right. Um, and he kills their nine trickster gods. Which they had this kind of like okay <laughs> interesting like s- this interesting society where the gods were kind of constantly bickering with each other, and they took it out on their people basically by having their clerics like sacrifice themselves and do all kinds of weird shit. So anyway, he kills these guys because why not? Why not? And he enslaves their people. Cool. To build what is called the Tomb of the Nine Gods. This guy loves his tomb. He does. He really does. Everything is just a new tomb. Oh, the this him. is the this is in the fifth edition module, by the way, which is called Tomb of Annihilation. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I knew I recognized it. My brain is just like I was. I was leading into another ooh. joke about Tomb of Horrors, but yeah, it makes the, sense because it was released in like 2017. The so. Tomb of Annihilation, which is. This guy loves his tombs. He really does. So he enslaves these people, has them build this tomb, and then after the tomb is complete, he kills all of his slaves and buries them in there, along with their gods. Um, Great. Which is cool. How big was this fucking tomb, first of all? Uh, Very large. (laughs) Um, So anyway. And I assume that the gods were in there like... Mortal avatars. Probably. And also, it was very large because of what it needed to house. We'll get to that in a minute. Oh. So. That's her ask. Hmm, that could be interesting. So anyway, um, also his appearance in this one changed a little bit. Um, this is the, the reason I asked you if you had the 5th edition Dungeon Master's Guide handy is that a Sarek is actually featured on the cover. Oh! That's a Sarek. Really? And he has horns now. Um, Yay! It, Finally. It appears that it's just a, a helmet with horns, but he has horns now. But that's his uh, actual horns? I'm going to say it's his horns. I don't care. I hope it's his actual horns. Like um, the helmet is just like molded just, around them. Guys, we're just we're just horny <laughs> over here. Oh my I guess God. we 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 do love horns though. We're, we're horny for horns. Um. <laughs> so that's so yeah. If you have a if you have a copy or you know you've seen it, that's a Sarek. Or you can just Google the image because which well, is what I'm about to do. Okay. Well, well, I'm just trying to be more helpful to people who don't true. have copies on them. That's true. Anyway. You're not a real fan if you don't have the book directly adjacent to your right. I say that because we, we have, have a player's, player's handbook. Yeah, we have a player's handbook right next to Travis. Anyway, so after he does that, he goes off to the negative energy plane. I don't know if you... That stuck out to you in particular. Yes. Um, or planes episode. Negative energy plane. Basically, it's the lower planes. It's like, yeah, it's an inner plane full of, like, death and undead shit and undead energy. Yeah. That is, is said to be inhospitable to people that live. Yeah, that's the Sarek. Huh. Let's pull the picture up of him. He's very, um, well, Scarry. lichy. Yeah, very lichy. Actually, Lucky. if anyone's ever played uh, the Wrath of Lich King for World of Warcraft, that's actually kind of the image that comes <laughs> yeah. to my brain. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. So. Which I'm sure at this point most people have seen the Dungeon Master's Guide, but if you haven't, look it up just to get the image of him because yeah. that's or pretty cool. Or to refresh your memory with the, the knowledge that that is a Sarek. Yeah. So he's off in the negative energy plane. And he finds what is called an atropol. What's an um, atropol? Well, I will say first what the immediate, like, looking at the word made me think of, which is the word atrophy. Oh, Which yeah. is uh, what it looks like these titanic babies 
have done. What? They're they are are described as being unfinished gods. So they're oh just like God. they're just like weird giant deformed undead babies. What that's the fuck? actually genuinely terrifying. And also disgusting. That sounds like something from Dante's Inferno. It does. Yeah, no, like look them up. They're gross. That's okay. If you're in a position to do so. Like you still have Google open from looking up the Dungeon Master's Guide. Look up Atropals. They're gross. They remind me of, for those of you who tune this reference means anything, like the third stage boss of Catherine. Gross. Anyway. Ugh. So um, he finds an Atropal, and he decides that he wants to take this creature and feed it energy to make it a god. Oh, my God. Yeah, they nasty. Oh my god, that is a horrible, horrible thing. And yeah, him doing that also sounds like a horrible, horrible idea. So yeah. this thing became a god because of him? Like, he found one, fed it energy to become a well, god. Well, that was his plan. That's okay. what he decided he okay. wanted to do. So he built a device called the Soulmonger, which it basically enacts a death curse, which steals... There's a whole list of things that it does in there. And in the module, it stated that he activates this thing 20 days before, like, the, the uh, campaign starts, before you, so you're, before your party goes and does stuff. Okay. Um, it steals the life energy from anyone who has ever been resurrected, so... Undead. Or, well, no, not undead. Like, people who've had... Resurrection like, spells. Yeah, people who've had things like Revivify used on them. So, like, when this is activated, those people just die again? They just... Uh... Because that's what it sounds no, like. No, actually, no. It uh, it drains their life force from them, like, steadily. Oh, so, like, they so, they're, so they oh. are dying. Yeah, they, like, get sick and stuff. Okay. Um, it prevents people from regaining lost vitality, which in kayfabe translates to, if something happens to you that lowers your max hit points, you don't get those back after taking a nap. Oh. Um, and also traps the soul of people who die after the machine has been activated. So, you know, essentially resurrection spells don't work. And I believe it also makes you die quicker. Like, you don't get three death saves. Oh. Yeah. So, so it's rough. Wow. This entire... So, basically, that would be a precursor to, like, the campaign. Kind of session zero when you're explaining what's happening. These people are getting sick. No one's able to be resurrected. Mm-hmm. Uh, Something's happening that no People one are understand. dying faster than it's they weird. W- were yeah. normally yeah. would. Something's fucking with the laws of medicine. So he he hooks the atropal up to this thing, the soulmonger, which is like this giant cylindrical thing filled with energy that also has tentacles. Yeah, it yeah, very evocative. <laughs> and he puts them in the tomb of the nine gods because he decided that's just where he was going to do this. Right. So I this this um this module was really interesting to me because like it succeeds I think in in like its vibe because like the the curse of Strahd and like the Ravenloft and stuff was like goth, but this is very like because it's like mad scientisty. Well, it, but the the thing is is that initially it sort of has like a, a jungly vibe. Mm-hmm. Like Omu, uh, I forget if it's the city that's named Omu and the kingdom is named Cholt or vice versa. But basically, you go to like this jungly place, and then you find the tomb itself, and it's it's the the backstory options that you have are like archaeologist and like anthropologist okay. and stuff like that. So it's got that sort of like explorer. Like kind of an Indiana Jones vibe. Yeah. Well, for for some reason, my visual is like Road to El Dorado. But oh no, yeah. I like that even more. Actually, um, so that's a that's a cool. It's a cool vibe. And there's also like a lot of cool hidden details. Like at one point, the party comes across a treasure hoard 
that is actually full of Acerax. <sighs> I'm so disappointed in myself. Acerax lich followers phylacteries. Oh. Because they're just in gemstones. So it's just a bunch of their phylacteries are just sitting there. And if you don't you don't do good enough on your arcana check, your party has no idea. They just think they're gemstones. It's just like, oh, these are cool gemstones. Why are they all here? But yeah. if you do a good arcana check, then you can, like, knock out some of the just liches he's got working for him. Yeah. Smashing them all. And also, like, when you get down to, like, the bottom of this place, which, by the way, the visual in the Atropal is... Spoiler a, alert. Is spoiler alert for this, Tomb of Annihilation. This whole thing is kind of a spoiler. Yeah. 2017. Um, is, uh... When you get down there and you find the atropel, and the visual on this is that this atropel is about the size of an elephant. Oh. So, big baby. Um, is that you have... It's a it's a key part of it, is that your party has the decision to kill a baby at the end of their campaign. Hmm. Because of, because of something that some dumb lich bastard went off and did. Does this sound familiar? Hmm, I'm trying to remember. You hey. guys, I foreshadowed something that came out in 2017 that I didn't know about. Hey. Wow. Hey, Loon. Would you kill the baby? Um, this baby absolutely. I wouldn't. Because what happens when you kill the baby... The Atropal, it's not really a baby. But it's a baby. Like, the the visual is too much. Um, Aceric shows up to exact revenge on you if you kill this baby, because you fucked up his plans. But what I think is interesting is oh. that in this one, like, he, he like he's there to, because you messed up his plans, and he's like... Pissed off at you. He's pissed off. But he's also not as invested in it, because he actually, like, bamps out of the encounter... If you get him under 100 hit points. <laughs> or, so you cannot kill him. Well, you, the thing is, you can. Oh. Not if you play the kind of characters I do, because I don't think I could deal 100 damage in one round. Oh. Um, <laughs> but there are some that probably could. Yes. Or, you know, I mean, you have the whole party that can take shots then. But anyway, if you do manage to kill him, he actually just comes back because you don't have access to his phylactery in this uh, one. Uh, it's often a demiplane that's described as, like, right next to everything that's happening, but it's in a demiplane. So you don't actually have access to his phylactery this time. Unless you somehow go to that demiplane. Yeah, they didn't cover that, I don't think. So they, it was... It's it was probably one of those things to where, like, no, you don't have access it was, to yeah, it. Yeah, it was It was intended to where, like, he basically just shows up because you're mad that he ruined his plans with this Atropal. And then he just, like, he's not invested in it enough. So <laughs> he, like, he, he, he leaves when the going gets tough. I mean, you already killed his, uh... What what he was going to be working with? Yeah. So. so that is his uh his most recent major appearance in a campaign is in Jesus. That is horrifying. A little the bit of annihilation. Which also I have pulled up the stat block for an Atropole. Yeah. First of all, they are lawful evil. Apparently. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Second of all, their fucking attack Isn't is like ridiculous. Plus, plus nineteen or something to hit. It's a plus eleven to hit. Oh, plus 11. a reach of ten feet. Its hit does 78. Oh, God. Plus 30 necrotic damage. Yeah, so have fun trying to kill that thing. Uh, yeah, its hit points are also 420. <laughs> nice. Nice. Or 40d10 plus 200. I like it. Nice. And, I mean, I don't like that number, but I like the 420. 420. Yeah, I mean, I like the number, but I don't like the implications. Um, It's got... I mean, its challenge rating is a 30. So if you're fighting this thing... You obviously have either made a grave mistake, <laughs> or you're powerful. Or you're enough. very powerful. Yeah. Um, also, sidebar: if you don't kill the Atropal, 
then eventually, because like you can destroy the soulmonger but not kill the Atropel. Right. So eventually it just, it, it gets like a little cult around it. Oh. Dead baby cult. I don't. Oh. So, Sidebar, dead baby cult. So if you like go to attack the soulmonger and like destroy it, the baby's not going to like flip the fuck out on you. I guess. I'm really not sure. Or maybe that could just be one of the things that, like, they destroy that while trying to fend off the baby long enough to run. Yeah, but they don't, you don't have to kill the baby. Yeah. Okay. okay. Which just, like, the fact that, that 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 decision was, like, one of the most pivotal last decisions you could make <laughs> in a campaign was, like... And see, I would have... I swear, I had not... I knew nothing about Tomb of Annihilation when I made that comment. I would have fucked up because I was immediately like, no, kill that fucking thing. Hmm. Uh, and then you looked at the stat block. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I would, depending on the character I was playing, might I die. still might be like, no, we're going to kill it, and I would just yeah. attack it. Yeah. I would just blast. That's because you don't metagame. Metagaming is bad, everyone. Yeah, but, you know, but at the same time, like... If you're playing a character that's wise yeah. and intelligent, that's different. Or or you, you have a character that, that really does legitimately see this as, like, just a big, weird baby. Yeah, because, like, like a genuinely caring yeah. character. And they don't, they don't know that it's, like, this terrible, Lo- necrotic, lawful, evil thing. And they're just like, it's just chilling down here. We're not going like, to kill it. That's just a big baby. Why would we attack it? Yeah. Yeah. But... You know, that's just a little sidebar about the Atropal. Even though this is about Aseric, I found that fascinating. Yeah. What is with liches and babies, though? Like... I guess it's a form of new life, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the opposite. Their old death, their new life. Yeah. Okay, that's... That makes more sense. I didn't really think about yeah, that. Yeah, and like it's it's even hard like hard to explain why. Like I think those two things are related. It's just like the vibe. Yeah. 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 Man, that's fucking yeah. crazy though. Aseric went through a lot. Yeah, no, and I, I, I find his <laughs> his it's it's he's fascinating to me. Um, not just because of like all the things he does, but he he kind of because obviously we've covered really evil scary people before right <clears throat> we opened with a really scary evil person but his his mindset is is one that it's like he's obviously evil and power hungry but he he sort of he just wants his power to have the power he doesn't give a shit about anyone else yeah like he doesn't want to be worshipped um and actually in his in his fifth edition stat blocks his ideal because you know he has this little ideal and weakness right and right like that it says verbatim why be a god when I can be a creator of gods? Which is, like, such a hot oh, take. Oh, God. Such a hot take. He just wants to create things to create things. And to just kind of let him go and see what happens. And he just doesn't care about a following at all. He's just like, yeah, I created that, but I let it off on its own and yeah. see how it does. He's legitimately just some kind of evil scientist. Uh, yeah, and, and the fact that he, he his his things come from all kinds of sources, like... He he uses arcane stuff and alchemical stuff and scientific stuff. Like the uh the the uh soulmonger, the images of it that I saw almost were like a more magical, like alien aesthetic, like the movies with the xenomorphs yeah. kind of vibe, which really works for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially because it's at the bottom of this tomb in a very like jungly area where you play an archaeologist. It's like <laughs> top oh, notch chef's kiss. Yeah. And, and and another thing that I really love, which this was a little um a little sidebar, because obviously, and it's it's also stated explicitly that he loves seeing other people in pain. 
He delights in the pain of living creatures. I mean, he was uh, tutelaged by, by Vecna. Vecna so. And also, yeah. like, just the personal sidebar, I feel like, and obviously Vecna did too, but something tells me that Aseric was just more, like, perverted about it. <laughs> I feel like he was a pervert. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm experimenting on stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Cry more. Oh. Sin City. I I just, and I'm sorry, like, that's not supported by anything in the text. That's just your personal. The uh, vibe I get was that he was really gross about it. Nice. Um, But also, and this is, this just like, oh, this got me, was, um, this was uh, from the fourth edition tomb of horrors which is where a lot of his like backstory was explicitly laid out right is that he like the trauma of what happened to him as a boy Mm -hmm. was is so informative to who he was but buried so deep within that even he didn't realize it was there like he you know this 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 happened to him and this informed him even so far as like he wanted to go and take revenge on living people but it, he didn't acknowledge that, like, I'm doing this. He was in denial on his own actions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of. And that, that to me, is, like, delicious. And also, like, what is described as, like, being his flaw is that he is extremely arrogant. <laughs> Insofar as he actively leaves hints and clues in all oh of his dungeons. Because <laughs> no one would ever find out. No, because it makes it more satisfying to him. He wants them to find oh. out. That he gives people the tools they need to succeed, but they still fail. Oh, man. This guy really is just a dick. He's nasty. an arrogant asshole. He's a he's a nasty guy. He's a nasty boy. <laughs> he's a nasty boy, and that's... I'm just... <sighs> oh, he's He's great, though, because, like... I don't, I don't know. I just... So what you're saying is you enjoyed this entire research. I did. I did. I'm glad. Like, I enjoyed the episode. It was really, I'm, like... I'm glad because this guy was very intriguing to me, even beyond, like, his his actions, but, like, his mindset. I feel like it's delicious. This is a come down from Kellenbor a few weeks ago where I really <laughs> loved the character so much and I hated felt everything. This guy. Yeah. I hated everything he went through. Whereas this guy, I felt bad for him at the beginning, but then he's just a dick. Now you're just like, nah. <laughs> I had me at the beginning, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, and also, like, he's just, he's kind of, he's got his fingers on a lot of pies, too. He does. It's like, he was on O-Earth, and then he's got layers Bayron, on a bunch of demi-planes, and, and then he showed up in Toril. Right, like, know. he just pops everywhere, and it's just like, yep, there's gonna be a tomb here, a tomb and here. A tomb here, and a tomb here. Tombs for everybody! And everybody gets a tomb! tomb! Oh my god. Um, And you could, you could even also say that he is... The best and worst kind of dungeon master. He is. He really is. Like, huh. what is our official DM ranking on that? How do um, we feel? Official DM ranking, if we're going on a scale of 1 to 10, no, I'll give him an 8. Mm. I'll give him an 8. Oh, yeah? Because he's... The po- what are the points docked for? Uh, the points are docked mostly for the fact that he still wants people to die. He still wants his players to die. And you don't... I you hesitated. Really. You hesitated. I don't necessarily want them to die, but I'm not going to stop them from dying if they make a bad choice. Fair enough. All right, I Fine. like it. I'll adjust it to an eight point five. I'll take it. I'll All take right, it. we'll take we'll take I'll take eight point five. Ten out of ten. 
Lich, though. 10 yeah. out of 10 Lich, for sure. 10 for out of sure. 10 Lich, 10 out of 10 scientists, I guess. No, his asshole. ethics are shit. He gets a zero for being a scientist. <laughs> he gets a 10 out of 10 in science and a zero out of 10 in ethics. Fair. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, anyway. Um, oh, this is this has gone on so long, you guys. I'm, I'm a little sorry. Yeah, it's all right. Um, but that is... Finally, all I have for this week. There's a lot about this guy. I could have, I could have honestly gotten even more, but that was just the, the stuff that I thought was personally the the coolest. Of we his are limited on time, length of episodes. Yeah, per month. but that was the sort of what the coolest <laughs> and for Taylor's sanity and editing. Yes, stuff that I thought um, that he had done and yeah, everything about him. I, I feel like you touched on a lot of really cool shit that he did. You covered a lot of uh, bases. And yeah, I'm sure a that lot uh, <laughs> a lot of tombs. <laughs> so I'm many sure tombs. that you made Jack a, Mathis. Yes, that you made happy. Jack happy. I and hope I covered did. what uh, he would want. He may he may have wanted. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope everyone enjoyed uh, yeah, this episode. I hope but so. And thank I, you for the suggestion. Yes, and I hope you all know a little bit more about liches now. I don't. I don't know any more about liches after having researched that, I feel like. Well, I hope you know a little bit more about Aseric and that his name is not Aserac, <laughs> despite what I keep saying. We might have to cover actual liches at one point just to get a little bit of a better understanding. To actually liches. lay down the framework entirely. But thank you so much for listening. I had a lot of fun researching this episode and telling you guys about this guy, because what a, what a top-notch guy. Oh. I mean, total piece of shit, but, you know, yeah. top-notch guy. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, anything you... Instagram. You already said that. I did say Instagram, yeah. Oops. Uh, yeah. We're <laughs> somehow, several weeks in, still... Really uh, excited about our Instagram. It's fun. It really is. Um, We've gotten some very good... Responses, responses on there. Responses. I was yeah. going to say reviews. Responses. <laughs> Leave your reviews on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, spread the word to your friends... Spread the word to your neighbors. Spread, spread the, the word to your followers on social media. Spread the word to your pupils in Lichhood. If yeah. you've got any of those. Your clerics, what have you. <laughs> your clerics, your paladins. Um, if you have anything that you want to suggest to us, feel free to email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. That is how our good listener Jack Mathis got us to look into this particular episode. And Which, he suggested a few more things that we'll probably look into a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. The, honestly, the only reason that I didn't do Sarah and Bane immediately is because I did touch on them in the Kellenvor episode. So I was like, I'll leave a little bit more of a gap before I look at that. Yeah. But thank you. Those suggestions are definitely... In, in the, the bank. The uh, the itinerary. I don't have an itinerary. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Thank you once again for listening, and we'll catch you next week here on Dungeonpedia. Azarak. <laughs> That's not his name.